we are the ones that are brave enough to put our hands up and say, right, the line, it stops here. here. We're going to do something different now and then our future generations are going to benefit Mm -hmm. from it. So, you know, I I often applaud all the families I work with and say, this is hard work, what you're doing, changing Mm -hmm. the story, Mm -hmm. but you are doing an incredible service to your family coming forward. Mm -hmm. We're healing mother wounds. Mm. Yeah. Massive. Mm. I'm one of your hosts, Jess. We've also got Larissa. Hello. And we have the beautiful Lael Stone back with us again to talk a little bit more about some of the things we touched on last time. Um, Thank you, Lael, for joining us. My pleasure. Um, So in our last episode, we touched on birth trauma and, you know, it's a big topic at the moment. Uh, in the news and on Instagram and in, in our communities anyway. And you shared with us a little bit about what what it means to have birth trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share with us why it's so important to be able to discuss your trauma with mm-hmm. someone who knows how to hold space for you? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who can, you know, help you process your story. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that birth trauma and when we look at the stats is one in three women have birth trauma and I actually think it's, I do believe it's higher than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's only the women that talk about it. Mm. Now, for any other event that we have in our life as humans that is trauma, it's, you know, if you went to war, if you witnessed someone being killed, if you had extreme violence or abuse, you know, it would be seen as negligent to not go and get some help around Mm -hmm. your trauma. Yet with birth, we don't hold the same space for that. You know, often we're just like, well, your baby's healthy and you're fine, so off you go. If we can't, you know, if we're physically okay, then it's all right. We'll just move on. And yet birth is one of the greatest um, initiations that we do as women. Mm -hmm. It challenges us physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. It's huge. I mean, and that's even if you choose to have an an elective cesarean, perhaps it's really controlled or whether your birth is fast or not, it doesn't matter. The act of carrying a baby, birthing a baby from your body and then that postnatal phase is a huge thing in becoming a mother and it's a huge thing, you know, as a human. And I think that for a long time we haven't really looked at birth trauma as something that's worth speaking about because I think people are highly uncomfortable and challenged Mm -hmm. by it. And really the narrative has been it's okay, just get over it. And so I think it's so vital and important that every woman who has a baby has the opportunity to debrief their birth. Mm -hmm. But I also Mm -hmm. think it's really important that they're able to do it with someone who has a sound knowledge and understanding of birth, who understands trauma as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think, you know, psychologists are are amazing and counsellors are amazing, but birth sits in its own little field. Because I think if you don't understand how the system works, Mm -hmm. don't understand all the different dynamics can be out at play in birth, then we're just kind of addressing this one thing which was maybe your experience wasn't great or whatever. So I do believe that there needs to be a whole specialised field for birth trauma, Mm -hmm. which is really where every woman has the opportunity to debrief at birth. Now, I know that there are some hospitals or care providers that are trying to do that. They're offering birth um, debriefing or come in at six weeks and we'll unpack your birth. But 
in the women that I've spoken to and and what I've heard is often it's quite clinical. You might go through your notes, but it actually doesn't get to the deeper emotional part of how they felt, what it looked like for them. And it's very interesting too. A woman's um, take on her birth, you know, in the first 48 hours after giving birth, the, the first two weeks of giving birth, six weeks, six months, uh, two years later, they're often very, very different experiences yeah. of how mm. she recalls the birth and how she feels about it. And so just a one-off six-week check-in, you know, and how do you feel about your birth and we could tell you what, about your notes and is not enough, no. you know, because like as we, we talked about in our other our mm. other podcast is that often birth trauma sits upon other trauma mm -hmm. that we yeah. have that perhaps has often been hidden or uncovered and then when we go through this really powerful experience with giving birth, then often it can open up a bit of a Pandora's box. Mm. Yeah, it certainly is a Pandora's box. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so you have developed a course mm, yeah. to help practitioners mm. help other people yeah. or to teach practitioners how to help people yeah. debrief their births. Yes. Do yes. you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah. I know it's still really yeah. new no, and it's, it's, I'm really sad I didn't know about uh, it and I can't believe yeah. I missed it and yeah. I know that you have a wait list from yeah. Here and there's to, more to come. There's yeah, more to come, that's for sure. <laughs> um, we, we've called it. So I'm doing it with a partner of mine, Bernadette Lack, um, who we all love. Yeah, from Cora yeah. Flora Store. Mm. She does, you know, her best weird Instagram posts. Oh man, oh I talk God. about her every time I'm <laughs> <at> the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah. And you know, Bernadette's a midwife, and she works a lot, you know, with with postnatal care, with the body stuff like that. And and we've done some stuff together, really, around just supporting mothers. And you know, she does a lot of birthday briefing. I did mm -hmm. it for a really, really long time. But you know, my work is a lot in trauma these days. Mm -hmm. And we were both just saying there needs to be more people yeah. out there doing it. And there was no course out there for people to learn how to do birthday briefing. So you know, I think again, we can go to psychologists or counsellors, but they're really needs to be a specific understanding and set of knowledge when we are sitting with women and they're unpacking their births. Mm -hmm. So we designed a course that really is taking practitioners through the deep, deep layers of what can turn up in birth. So not just the statistics that we see, not mm. just what happens in our system, but about the biggest stories of trauma that can mm -hmm. happen, What, how our childhood impacts often how we end up birthing, the dynamics between partnerships and what that looks like. We go deep into our own judgments and stories because if you're sitting there and you have a really strong perspective on how you think birth should be and a woman's telling you her story, then sometimes that's going to skew your judgment. Yeah. And we really get our practice practitioners to go through their own work and own stories in order to be in a place where they can hold a very compassionate, gentle space to understand people's stories and then be able to support them with either the tools they need to process it or to give them other steps forward to be able to move on with birth. Because birth debriefing is not about just sitting there talking about your story. You know, one part of us when we're dealing with trauma is our mind needs to understand what happens. And that's where talking about the story is really important. So we often need to talk about the story, understand why it happened. You know, often we, we really, we want a timeline to understand what happened when. So our mind often needs to understand the story, but our body is actually the thing that we need to work with because mm -hmm. it's the body that often holds the holds. trauma. Yeah. And so we work a lot with how do we help people 
access that within their body and help them gently move it and the different modalities that are out there to really support that as well. So I think when we look at birth trauma, we have to hold both places of the mind and the body and and we can do some really powerful stuff when we support both. Mm-hmm. Does your course cover, and I don't know, maybe we don't want to answer this because I don't want you to have to give too much away, but does your course also cover how the people who are holding the space for people to share their stories, how we can be protecting ourselves. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. do a whole lot around yeah. not carrying other people's stories, yeah. you know, not not um, looking after our own energy fields within those spaces, mm. when to refer on, when to be really aware that maybe this is too big. You know, we do a big component of listening partnerships in our training so mm. that we match people up. They have to talk and debrief around anything that they do. They've got yeah. to come together and share their feelings and stories because you really have to be supported. You're doing some heavy work here listening to some big stories around Mm. stuff and at the end of the day look we've said this to a lot of our practitioners that it's not so much about having all the knowledge of the stats or the system or what Mm. happened it's actually about just holding a really compassionate space which is sitting with a woman and saying and really deeply listening to her story and sometimes it's as simple as saying I am so sorry that happened to you and you have every right to feel deeply upset and hurt by what's happened, sometimes that is the healing mm-hmm. of just being acknowledged in the story. And not necessarily having the answer or yeah. a solution. Yeah. And and the job is not to have the answer. The job yeah. is to listen mm-hmm. and to hold that safe yeah, space for us to be heard because that is our fundamental desire as humans is to be deeply heard. Mm-hmm. And so especially in that birth space, you know, being able to be heard, perhaps there are questions around what happened that, that can give them that information that can uh, soothe that part of their mind that wants to know. But it really is, I think, giving women space to know that what they went through was not okay and and we're really sorry for what happened and that you have every right to feel how you feel. Did your own birth experiences inform a lot of how you wrote the program and how you sort of orchestrated yeah. the course? I think, yeah, yes, mine probably and Benedette's as well and yeah. also all the hundreds and hundreds of stories that Baby we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, And I think it's also, you know, I've done a lot of work in that trauma space, understanding how trauma gets locked in the body, what we then do. It's helping them understand how that looks as well and then how we help work with trauma, the impact and the, and the power of tears and releasing feelings, mm-hmm. how powerful that can be. So it's pretty in-depth. Like it's, it's funny, some of our practitioners who are doing the course said, I thought I was just going to come along and um, like just get a checklist of questions to ask and yeah. they're like, oh, this <laughs> no, is no. so much bigger than this. And I'm like, you have to do the work mm-hmm. to be able to sit there with the yeah. work. And I'm like, you're only going to take someone as far as you're willing to go yourself so everything that we are teaching them to do with people we're making them do to learn it themselves to unpack their own stories yeah there's a lot of a lot of crying people like I didn't realize we're going to cry so much and I'm like it's amazing because they're actually learning a lot about themselves and they're also being able to sit in this space of deep compassion for the work Mm. yeah how what was your experience like unpacking your own trauma Mm. like what did you do because back then there Mm. wouldn't have been you Mm. know yeah these amazing space holders Mm. 
that are around now. Yeah. Well, for me, with my first, I did nothing and I just sat on it for years, which didn't do, wasn't any good. Mm. And then I did come across one woman who listened to my story and made suggestions for the second one. Um, and the second birth, I didn't feel like I needed to debrief because mm. I just felt so ecstatic and yeah. just, you know, it was really healing. But the third birth, because it was a huge experience, I had to do a lot of work yeah. and I, I did a lot of counseling. I did a lot of body work. Yeah. Um, mm. I had to do a lot of my own self process. And that third birth experience actually just unlocked a whole lot of stuff that was about not having boundaries, about not taking care of my needs. Like, you know, even in the postpartum space with all three of my kids, um, particularly the first two, there was not really much postpartum care. Like, no. you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't know about resting in bed for weeks and being fed yeah. nutritious foods. Yeah. You know, I remember after I had my son, you know, I know I couldn't sit down for a few weeks because I had an episiotomy, but I was kind of back working in my business like 10 days later. You As know. a children's entertainer. Oh, I wasn't actually performing, but I was oh. still in the office doing stuff yeah even so yeah. wow yeah. so and there wasn't that rest and care you know and, and even in the second one I felt great so I just kind of kept going and I, I've realized now you know um many many years later I think I had that postnatal depletion for a really long time, time. I you know I've had low iron for a long time like mm -hmm. that exhaustion and tiredness I absolutely believe came from my births and yep. not having that time to rest and rebuild my body, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. and I, I like breastfed all my kids, you know, for two years, like I was doing everything because you think you can and and then wondering why I was so exhausted all the time. You know, I had that too. I, I don't think and I just put that down to, oh, well, I'm a mum now, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. I'm just supposed to mm -hmm. always be tired yeah. and it wasn't until yeah. my mum actually said to me, yeah. I don't think this is normal, yes, like yes. you need to. And that's when I took yeah. myself off yeah. to an integrated doctor and was like, I'm tired, I'm this, mm -hmm. and did all the yeah. tests. And he's like, how are you even getting up out of bed? Yes. You've got no cortisol, yes. your adrenals are gone, yes, you've yes, got no, yes. like. And I was like, oh, yeah. really? I remember a doctor saying to me once, because it's similar, I went and had all these tests done, and she's like, you're meant to feel vital. And I go, what? <laughs> I go, I don't think I've ever felt vital. Maybe when I was like 22. Yeah. And I'm like, not since having children have I ever felt vital. And I realised that there was such deep depletion there and, and mm. not being cared for. And, again, you know, I didn't know the importance of the village or rest or taking care it of It was myself. a very unique time, I think, when you mm. had your children because yeah. it, we'd, we'd very, you know, we've so far gone from the village. Mm. But I feel like now, at least for people who are having children now, we've got mm. Even if we don't have the village, we've got resources. Yes. yes. There's more education. Yes. Whereas when you had your babies, yeah. it was kind of this. You just get on with it. Yeah. And I think the, the narrative is, was really strong, which is, um, you know, if you want to be seen as a good mother, then you just get on and do it all. You should yeah. be shopping and at Chadston with your baby two weeks later. Yeah. Like yeah. and just oh. get on with it. And so yeah. that was, I think, you know, built into, drummed into us of like mm -hmm. you just get up and you just keep going. And it really wasn't until years later after having kids and realising the level of exhaustion and actually going through that trauma with my third baby that I realised I had no self-care and I had yeah. no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that experience really made me see, no, I have to change this. And I yeah. think one of the greatest gifts of that is, you know, I have two daughters and I was like, I do not want them to think yes. that this is what mm -hmm. it looks like. And I want yeah. them to have a really powerful experience. I want them to have a really powerful relationship with themselves of care. Mm -hmm. So they're only going to get that if they see me doing mm -hmm. it. And that's actually when I began to change so that they actually could see what it was modeled to them around 
deep care and reverence for myself and my body and boundaries. And I love it now at 20 and 15, they are fierce about their care. Like they have no qualms about like, no, I'm resting. I'm not, I'm going to, I need this. And I'm like, yes. And I can guarantee by the time they have babies, I am like, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Stay there, skin on skin, love on that baby and I'm just going to love on you. Oh, I love that. Which brings us to um, your newest program Mm -hmm. that you've got, Motheration, Mm -hmm. um, which looks like a beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. program. Do you want to talk to us more about that? So Bernadette and I created um, our first program, Holding the Mother, which is really for the first six months postpartum, Mm. which is um, a beautiful combination of body work stuff. So Bernadette does all the work on how to move your body in the postpartum phase, how to reconnect with your body, lots of stuff around pelvic floor, gentle movement, all that kind of stuff. So it's a beautiful guide for any mum who's had a baby around really connecting in and supporting their body. And then I do a whole lot of stuff in the program about that whole initiation into motherhood, our feelings, the stories we have around guilt, boundaries, setting limits, asking for what we need, support. I mean, I think it's everything that I wish I had known when I was a first mum and someone giving you the permission to say, hey, you can actually ask for this and this is what it's about. We also talk about birth trauma in there and really about integrating what it is to be a mum and how tricky it can be. And there's lots of beautiful relaxations in it as well to rest and nurture. So it is, it's like that beautiful kind of warm hug Mm -hmm. for the first six months. And then we have another program we're just about to launch called Centering the Mother, which is really for anyone that's a mother that, that again, has got beautiful exercise stuff in it around just nourishing. and, And it's very much for Centering the Mother is about connecting into your body because Mm -hmm. I think as mothers we are all about servitude and giving and we forget about us and so we go into some of the deeper stuff in that program around relationships asking for what we need our relationship to sexuality and how we feel about our bodies Uh, we talk a lot again about boundaries and our strong yeses and nos and and all the places that I see turn up for women around often losing their identity and coming back to that powerful version of themselves so yeah, that's a that's a big kind of juicy program as well. It for me, I often think that those programs are like let's just let's just cut the shit and yeah, actually yeah. get very real yes. about where we are today and what's going on and what you need to be the best mother you can be, right? Which is yeah. about claiming those spaces and those boundaries and loving on yourself mm-hmm. and and being that for your children. Yeah, for me, it's. You know, there are all of these programs and they're amazing. And for me, you know, we talked about this with you, Fern, didn't we, Jess, about how do we flip that narrative of, yes, the pregnancy is important, yes, the birth is important, but there's also this really other fundamental piece that actually affects us as the birthing person for the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. And I think this is what we're really trying to flip the lid on Mm. to say, how do we get this at the expecting mums? How do we have this become a conversation Mm. while we've got these beautiful pregnant women? Yeah, and it's so hard because, you know, we all know there's so much. We've spoken about this. There's so much that you have to take in as a a expecting mother Mm. but... Again, the commodification of motherhood, the mm-hmm. nursery, the the pram, the mm-hmm. everything. We're just so distracted by that that mm-hmm. to to add on another thing and say, mm-hmm. oh, do all that, but then also mm-hmm. do this course or read this mm-hmm. book or. 
and hire I, the stall or yeah. spend this money. I think it's we just got to keep modelling it. Yeah. Because yeah. I look at it and go, my daughters will do it so differently to yeah. how I've done it because they will have seen they're exposed to the information early. I mean, I, I taught sex ed in schools for like five years, right? And so I would always do a component on birth. So I would talk about birth and hormones and how extraordinary it could be. I was like, that's where we need to start imprinting these yeah. kids when they're 15. Yes. Around birth is not what we think Hollywood shows us. Birth is actually a really powerful experience, can be deeply intimate. Your bodies are amazing. Like, And even talking to them about menstruation and, yeah. and how your bodies work and hormones and being connected and all that stuff. Like I tell you, they loved it. Like I, I made a point of teaching did. like pleasure-based sex education. So it was really about this is how we get the best out of our bodies, right? Yeah. And this is what we're meant to feel. This is how amazing it can be. And I think when we start talking about it, it, it with our, you know, teens and then they see it modelled as they move into adulthood, then I do believe the narrative is going to change, yeah. that they go, this is actually what serves us as humans. But we need things like what you're doing and, and mm. your book and all those things to keep putting that information out there so that it does become the narrative. And it's also just about getting people to reprioritize, reprioritize how they spend their money. You know, yeah. people don't bat an eyelid at spending 50 to 100K yeah. on a wedding. It's yeah. kind of expected that that's how much a wedding will cost. Yeah. But if you spend 50K on your postpartum, you're insane. Yeah. yeah. But your postpartum mm. loss lasts a lot longer than your totally. wedding and it's just that. Yeah. Culturally we yeah. are... Just our priorities are wrong. Yeah, they, they it's are. It's going to take totally. a long time. I do think it is. I think, And I think if we can model to our children, then that next generation will start to see it in a different way. And I think that's how we do create the change. And also too, you know, I, I think about this in a lot of the emotional work I do with parents and families, how we respond to our children now in our yes. homes with kindness mm. and compassion, listening to their feelings, all of that is setting up a story within them that actually is going to want to mean that they take care of themselves mm -hmm. because they've got a deeper connection to themselves. They're, they're connected to that empathy and that compassion and then they're more likely to actually continue that on as they move into those next phases of their lives. So I have hope. I have hope. Yeah, you know. I have hope. Yeah. I've said in an earlier podcast that um, I, I hope that by the time our kids have kids it won't be do you have a meal train? Yeah, yeah. It's who's making your meal yes, train for yes. you. Yes, beautiful. Where yeah, do I sign Just up? sort of, you know, yeah. just that. Yeah. Is, I hope that it's just an expected thing that yes. you would have a meal train when you yes. have a baby. And, then, I mean, that is the bare minimum yeah. of care right there. But totally. It's yeah. so it's simple and, yeah. it's, and it's a start. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's even flipping the lid like, you know, talking about you doing sex education with the teenagers, Lael. It's even, you know, I look at Valentina, she's going to be 11 next year and, you know, she's coming up to that time where she's going to start getting her period. and of adolescence. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, even understanding how I've got a beautiful girlfriend, Divya, who she's Indian, and she talks about how that is the becoming, right, that is the mm -hmm. first becoming when, you know, mm -hmm. a, a girl starts to menstruate and how it's a celebration mm -hmm. I mean, and it's a whole thing, right, whereas mm -hmm. here... Mm -hmm. There's actually quite this oh, negative. There's so much sort of shame like, and taboo oh, around you're it. Have this and this and this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so we have said, you know, this is going to be a celebration beautiful. in the house yeah. and it's yeah. nothing to fear and yeah. it's a beautiful part of, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And it, it speaks to that how do we mm. flip the narrative totally. as well with postpartum. And I think yeah. it's a very similar. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think as women, we have been taught to be so disconnected from ourselves, ourselves. and our bodies. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, birth sometimes what it does is it 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 sends us into a space where we then are forced to look at that and forced to look at our connection to ourselves, to our intuition, to our yeses and nos, and the same in that postpartum phase. And so I think if we can we can do it earlier and by mm. modelling it, but mm. also giving our children these beautiful opportunities for these rites of passage yes. to understand what it is, then we are going to set up a different story. Like I watched both my daughters who have a completely different relationship to their bodies around menstruating, around mm. sex, all that stuff, like amazing, mm. so amazing how they honour that within them. And I think it's it's possible and it can happen. Mm. We just, I think we, I often think that when we are being brave enough to make these changes, whether it's within relationships, whether it's connected to ourselves, whether it's how we parent our children, we are we are the ones that are brave enough to put our hands up and say, right, the line, it stops here. here. We're going to do something different now and then our future generations are going to benefit Mm -hmm. from it. So, you know, I I often applaud all the families I work with and say this is hard work what you're doing, Mm -hmm. changing the story, Mm -hmm. but you are doing an incredible service to your family coming forward. Mm -hmm. We're healing mother wounds. Mm. Yeah. Massive. Mm. Thank you so much, Lael. Mm. It's been such a pleasure Mm -hmm. to meet you in the flesh, obviously. You know, (laughs) we've spoken quite a bit. We share the same amazing reflexologist. Oh, yeah, gosh, she's a gem, yeah. Yeah. She's just amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, we've had many conversations over the years, but it was beautiful to see you in person today. So I thank you again. Very great. Thank you for having me. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and their guest speakers. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. This podcast is for informational purposes only and content here should not be taken as medical or professional advice. Please consult your healthcare professional for any personal recommendations and medical care. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate based on the best available information at the time of recording, we welcome any comments, suggestions or feedback via our website contact form, home.com.au forward slash contact. Names and details of personal experiences may have been changed to allow for anonymity and privacy. To join the conversation, join us on social media at Home Postpartum.